0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Sophomore Citizens. I'm Gigi. I'm Liesl. And I'm Lily. Hello, everybody. We are now back together in the physical realm. We are very excited to all be together. And for this episode, we will be speaking on the holiday season in general. So for our check-in, I think we'll just share some, you know, thoughts and feelings about the holiday season as it is in full swing at this point. So how are we feeling?
1: Personally, I feel great about the holiday season. I feel like the holiday season started early for me this year. Usually I'm someone who entraps the holiday season within the month of December. But this year I let it leak into November. We got our Christmas tree early in November. And just I just let the holiday cheer take over me a lot earlier. And I, this is something I want to start doing every year. Like I've always kind of made fun, I feel like, people who start celebrating the holidays like November 1st. But I do think that end of November, why not like put up some lights, put up some decorations, and like start to feel the holiday season a little bit? I feel like I have been in the
0: past a little resistant to the Thanksgiving is over, Christmas begins. Yeah. But
1: like this year, we fully
0: embraced it, and I'm really glad we did
1: do that. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, with COVID, obviously, COVID makes everything different. Right. So it's going to change the holiday season up a bit. Um, And especially, I think. The holiday season is always a time for reflection because it's the end of the year, but even this year more than ever, we're reflecting on holiday seasons past, you know, and thinking about what last year was like and what normal quote unquote normal, like, uh, holiday seasons kind of look like and how this one is different. But similar to what we were talking about in the plentiful pod, it's like COVID has made us more grateful in a lot of ways as people. And I think that I feel even more grateful for the holiday season than ever before. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I
2: also think that I need the Christmas holiday cheer more than ever this year. So I think that in that way, COVID is making this holiday season like a little more fun in my mind. Like I definitely do feel a stark contrast between pre-holiday season and holiday season. I feel more festive. I feel more cheery. Like there's just like something to look forward to, something going on that's not the same monotony. So holiday season is a little elevated in that way. Yeah. Totally, And
0: and I think we're all feeling the power of the Hanukkah lights right now.
2: I love Hanukkah. It's so wonderful. The smell of Hanukkah is really one of my favorite parts.
0: What can you describe to me what the smell of Hanukkah means to you?
2: Okay, so the smell of Hanukkah in a traditional year, lakas. so not COVID. Would is there be, lakas? Yeah, it would be a Th- combination. That's a key
0: smell in my mind. Yeah, totally.
2: It would be the combination though of the candle so like fire and the potatoes cooking mm-hmm. but this year we did not go to my grandma's house obviously so no latkes were made the zoller family on their own would never make latkes that would just be a grandma thing. how do you
0: like your latkes with applesauce and sour cream or none i would that?
2: prefer neither but i'm definitely team applesauce over team sour cream because i mean I don't we know like, that about you like we know that about cream, you but just plain would be my preference yeah so this no ketchup
0: or anything like ketchup I mean listen I know that that's not traditional but a potato pairs wonderfully with ketchup and the idea of eating a laka completely plain I'm like it needs a little sauce
2: well like when you eat hash browns like that's not weird to eat plain
0: uh Mm. ketchup is ketchup is I mean like listen it's not weird to eat a, a hash brown plain but like you'll not catch me doing that
2: Okay. I've never put ketchup on my lot I I, I can, know that I can, that's
1: unorthodox.
0: I
2: can see why that makes sense. I, right. I agree. You. But um,
1: Gigi is not an unorthodox Jew. That's her <laughs> official religion.
2: <laughs> Clearly. But this year anyways, Hanukkah just smells like the Fire candles. The candles. Yeah. And that's obviously so beautiful to look at.
1: Lily, I'm reflecting back on last Hanukkah, which we actually celebrated the first that was the first day right or what was that? first night first night no but it wasn't at night it was during the day I actually got to publicly light a candle <sighs> at a temple at a first grade um Hanukkah celebration I and I invited Lily along to the it was temple so fun um so we got to watch all of these cute little kids sing the most adorable Hanukkah songs they had taken like I think there was like a Kesha song and like maybe like, you know, some, some just like classic songs and they had changed the lyrics to be Hanukkah lyrics. And it was literally so adorable and filled my heart with so much cheer because I have not attended a holiday child singing festival since I was the child on stage singing, you know, my holiday songs. Right. So that was really a special memory for me. And that really ignited my love of Hanukkah because obviously Gigi and I, our mom is grew up in a way where she didn't really get to have a religious upbringing but her mom was Jewish and she kind of gave up her faith to be with the person that she loved um if we want to romanticize um but so our our mom though you know by Jewish law is Jewish um we've never really celebrated the Hanukkah spirit that that well I would say we did last year we did last year because our cousin
0: who who does feel strongly about her Jewish faith was with us at the time so we did get to you know kind of dip our toe in the pool if you will yeah and this year we've done it as well yeah exactly and we have our own menorah now
2: and you're rocking the best of both worlds which has been my dream since i was so so young in high school i had my mini christmas tree in my room but it took me all the way till high school of convincing my parents to even allow that because the jewish faith obviously just runs so strong in my household but all i've ever wanted is the double like that's the dream, right?
0: Totally. And I love, I love having the the candles going and the lights of the tris- Christmas tree going, and like I just feel so much extra love and happiness in my heart for this holiday season.
1: Totally, and I think that also for for us who I would say now and henceforth forever we'll be doing both. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so special to have a year where there's no overlap. Because it just elongates the fun, and Gigi and I and our mom exchanged some Hanukkah presents on the first night, and so it's just once again like I feel like this year more than ever I'm elongating my holiday season and loving it.
0: Yeah, I think any opportunity to like be intentional about excitement, excitement, and just like
1: togetherness, and and like I I do think like although we don't have the Jewish scripture down pat, we're not bat to young ladies you know we, we we don't necessarily know the prayers by the back of our hand you know we have to read them kind of thing like it's still very special to honor our ancestors and the people that we come from and the god that we love totally
2: that was really inspirational yes cool. thank
1: you all right so now
0: that we have covered just some general current updates on our holiday season thus far we are going to get into our first topic for today so lisa would you please do the honor of sharing with us your thoughts.
1: Yes, I would love to talk to you girls about holiday movies in general. I want to talk because I think that there's there's so much going on in in God's year 2020 in the holiday movie scene because we have our vintage classics. We have the holiday movies that came on Disney Channel every year after year after year that we know and love. Full Court Miracle. Full court. Full Court Miracle, like Genuinely, Gigi, we, we need to watch it. And we Lily, should, of we course, should. Yeah, we, that. Does that movie really mean something to you, Lily?
2: I mean, I've seen it and I can okay. respect it, but I mean, no, it doesn't I have mean, the it's value. Too, no, but really like basketball,
1: to you. Hanukkah, um, you know, the, like I literally, there's the there's scene, such a beautiful scene where they invite like the <laughs> basketball coach over uh-huh. to Hanukkah dinner and maybe they served like steak or something. And he was like, could I have some like, I don't know, oh yeah, he wanted a glass of milk they're eating steak and the basketball coach exactly the basketball coach goes hey like could I get a glass of milk with this and they're they're all like that's also like
2: red flag central like if you drink a glass of milk with anything you're on my (laughs) especially also also
1: as a
0: full-grown adult you get a steak and you want a glass of milk but they wanted to have this moment of tension well well, I would have asked
2: for cheese yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's That's also like ice cream after the meal but isn't after like no there's a certain waiting period yeah so I, the waiting
0: well, period also might the have adherence happened. isn't there like okay, some fine. difference in the adherence the, the milk is
2: weird and i just need to repeat if you drink of i don't care how old you are like even if you're i mean if you're a little little kid but like don't do that but anyway
1: this was something i was going to bring up the fact that hanukkah you know is kind of lacking in the film department that's one element that we need to talk about the next element is obviously hallmark movies like just cranking them out and now this interesting resurgence of the formula of the hallmark christmas movie being brought to us by media behemoth netflix Right, the streaming platforms have, the the vultures have uh, descended. Now Hulu has decided to do her take on a a holiday movie. like And and it's funny how, in my opinion, the Hulu holiday movie uh, exemplifies Hulu's uh, identity as a streaming platform, right? right? That like Netflix is just like throw everything at the wall. Like let's literally (laughs) put Vanessa Hudgens in 17 weird Christmas movies. Right. She is so bad in one of them. I
0: started it, turned it <laughs> off in three minutes. We could talk about that. Yeah, no, all oh. you know, maybe this is for another episode, but I do think it's really interesting where Hulu has, has decided to position themselves in the streaming platform world as far as the movies that they choose to put out with their name on it. Right. Because I do feel like... <clears throat> You know, I don't want to go as far as to say that they're an A24 of the of the streaming platform world, but like they definitely are are trying to go a little more alternative and that even shows through in their in their holiday movie.
1: Totally. Like I think Hulu, Amazon Prime, you know, Studios, Netflix, like they all have their own identity and that could be an interesting thing to explore at some point. But I would like to start my topic off and we'll get into <coughs> Vanessa, we'll get into Netflix, we'll get into Hulu. Let's start out, and I want to know like your girl's favorite classic holiday movies, okay. Well, I think it's
0: important we bring up like the the Teen Titan love, actually, yeah, of course. Then, I mean, for me, that one has lost a little bit of its power um because I feel like I watched it too many times because that movie like transcended its identity of holiday movie to just be like great movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and so I think it like lost a little bit of its power in my mind, yeah. but I, I think all it takes is just
1: waiting a little longer and then it'll really like hit hard the next time I do watch it. And what I will say, in my opinion, the most long lasting thing from Love Actually to me is I feel it in my fingers. I feel it <laughs> in my toes. Christmas is all around us. <laughs> yeah. And so the feeling grows. Like it's if, super anyone, powerful. if anyone ever says like, I feel it, like I want to sing that song.
0: Sure. So I would say that that's like obvious, has to be thrown mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Another one that is classic, I think, but only, it, it's new to me, new to us in quarantine is The Holiday.
1: Yeah. And I not think, to be
0: confused, sorry, not to be confused with the Queen Latifah movie, which also oh, is Christmas. that's what I was thinking about you.
1: Also is Christmas we, and also is a great film.
0: Also a great film. And yeah. I remember that one as well for me
1: as a kid. I was like, let's watch The Holiday any time of year. Yeah, I think that The Holiday, like that, the Queen Latifah version, we overwatched.
0: Right, but but I haven't watched it in so long that like so long I could do it I could do a activated. double feature of the holiday Queen Latifa and the holiday Kate Winslet. Oh my gosh, we should do
1: that. Yeah. Um Let's do it. the holiday with um the incomparable uh Cameron Diaz. Jude Law.
0: Oh Jude Law. That's mm-hmm. who I
1: was meaning to call incomparable. Uh-huh. Jude Law, like Chef's Kiss. This is him at his prime yeah. of Miss Jean Brody. Um and he he's just a, such a shining star, and then we have Jack Black, who <laughs> is fine. I like gave him Jack, <laughs> as if his name was like Jacques, Jacques Jean. Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the incomparable once again, Cameron Diaz and Kate Catherine Winslet. Yeah, right. So like just queens all around, and honestly, like I used to be in the Cameron Diaz hate club, and I still kind of am but after watching my best friend's wedding where I did kind of root for her and in the holiday, like she is good. She's a good, she's a good character.
0: We can't forget Eloise at Christmas time. I think that was like one of my favorite Christmas movies as a kid and of course, Elf. Elf. Elf forever and always so important. Mary Steenburgen is like my new um, celebrity crush.
1: Right, and I love her. She's gonna come up again. She is gonna come up again. She's gonna come up again.
2: Yeah. I will say that I feel like my holiday movie knowledge is slightly lacking because it wasn't as much of a thing growing up. Like, we would do Hanukkah, and then Christmas was like... I mean, obviously, it is a spirited thing, and, like, I've watched them, but I haven't seen as many as I feel like most people. The first thing that comes to mind is Home Alone.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Home Alone 2 is way better than that, yeah, in, in my opinion. opinion.
2: Yes, I have seen all of them, love them, great. I also think they've aged very well.
0: Yeah, I also think, like... Uh- I mean, to be honest, I haven't watched it that recently, but I remember as a kid, like, cracking up at, like, the pain inflicted on mm. the two homeless mm. guys in the end. And, like, maybe that's really fucked f- <laughs> up of me, but, like, I remember as a child being like, this is so funny. Like, he's getting the bad guys so
2: good. right? Yeah, and then you watch it as an adult. Like, I watched one a few weeks ago, and again, aged perfectly. But I feel like Well, my classic Christmas holiday movie knowledge might be a little lacking because like as a kid my parents was never like oh let's watch them because it just like typically wasn't about Hanukkah so they weren't promoting it I don't know, but now all I want to do is watch holiday movies, because of the happiness and the cheer and. I also just need to throw some respect to Elf because I do feel
1: a lot of love for it. Totally. Yeah. Another um, trilogy that I think is really powerful is the Santa Claus trilogy, mm. which I really, um, I, I think it's it's interesting, the idea that runs through a lot of Christmas movies that are for children about believing in Santa Claus and belief in general. And I really like Christmas movies that play around the idea of how much you believe in the spirit of santa and how much you don't and like oh that people who don't believe in santa like don't get to go to the north pole they don't get to see him whatever but that the kitties who do get to enjoy well okay i'm sorry to put a quick pause
0: can we check in about when we knew that santa wasn't real did you were...
2: i i don't think that was <clears throat> ever a thing for me um
0: but i mean like I know. I can appearance. equate
2: it to the tooth fairy, which uh-huh. I believed in for too way too long. I think it was fifth grade that I realized the tooth fairy was not real. Um, an individual who you both know fully spoiled it for me in elementary school my mom was so angry so let's just pretend Santa's like the same thing Lily
0: I would like to know I feel like you and Cameron would be the type to believe in things too long yeah did Cameron also believe I maybe not the tooth fairy but like something else for too long
2: well Cameron's story with the tooth fairy is that when I got in the car after school and was like mom so-and-so told me the tooth fairy wasn't real like oh my god I can't believe it Cameron is obviously three years younger than me so he got it spoiled by that right and that um even fueled my mom's anger even more mm. but Cameron never believed in Santa Claus he said because he saw Santa in commercials <laughs> he knew that Santa <laughs> couldn't be real right um that makes no sense to me but I can't think of anything else that Cameron believed too long but I agree that if Santa was introduced to Cameron and I we would have been all over that.
0: So I would say I remember um having some skepticism about Santa when I was maybe like eight years old or something because I was just like running the calculations and I was like there's just no way you know and I know I know that you found out before me because obviously you're older than me and I I know that you and mom, like, did a good job of not spoiling it for me once you found out. Oh, that's good. Go like, I, re- I remember that, like, or I remember mom, in retrospect, being like, oh, me and Liesl were, like, really good about not spoiling for you and, like, letting you find out on your own. And so I think I was, like, eight years old, nine years old or something, and I was like, uh uh-uh, there's just no way.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because, Lily, actually, my belief or disbelief in Santa Claus that I remember um, was related to the tooth fairy as well because I just like the only conversation that I distinctly remember having about this topic was with my friend I think it was in maybe first or second grade and he had said like he said I I'm or we we like brought up the topic like, do you believe like you know and he was like not really so much in in Santa Claus but but definitely in the tooth fairy still and I was like okay yeah like same and <laughs> so see, for I some, feel like but this is such like a representation of child mind that we literally had a conversation do you believe like in Santa Claus and we're both like no like not really but like tooth fairy like yeah, yeah like that yeah, yeah. that tracks but like Santa <laughs> like there's too many holes in his story see what's funny <laughs> is
0: I feel like the holes in the tooth fairy story like became more apparent to me earlier on mm. I was like uh-uh
2: in right. retrospect, I see Tooth Fairy is way less believable than yeah. Santa. But I will say that I recently saw a TikTok of this guy who's a postal worker and he he was talking about what happens to all the letters that kids address to Santa at the North oh. Pole. And they have postal workers like respond to them as Santa. That's and so if cute. you want to do it, they post them on their website and you can like write the response, like sign up to do one. And I was like, that is something that makes me so proud to live in this country where we are all like getting together be like, yes, we're going to have children believe in Santa. That is really yeah, cute. It's very cute.
1: I
0: also think part of my disbelief in the tooth fairy, but like continued belief in Santa Claus comes from the fact that like you know they are really pushing this is kind of the opposite of Cameron's logic they are really pushing Santa like at at the malls in the commercials like across the board there's a lot of lore around Santa
1: less around the tooth fairy right and there's like a lot more of like the movies like the Santa Claus that like justify like oh the mall Santas are just like pretending but like I'm still real
0: right 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 and and the fact that like I remember thinking to myself, like all these people are pretending. Like there's too much here for this to for me to feel like I'm ready to question this quite yet. Yeah. Whereas the tooth fairy, I was like, they're not really even doing that good of a job of making me believe that it's real. Like it's just my mom or my dad.
1: And it's funny because I I also remember my mom being like, or me being like, I need I need to put my tooth under my pillow, right? And my mom being like, no, no, like just put it on like your, your like bedside table. Like that'll be easier for like the fairy. And, like, obviously, like, when I think about having my own kids, the idea of, like, having to, like, get the, like, extricate the tooth from under the pillow of my sleeping child, like, I would be so nervous because if they catch you. That is actually, I literally
0: never thought about having to be prepared in that situation. <laughs> yeah. I will also say um, my friend Belle, shout out, took a class in family communication, and they did, like, they read a whole essay about the fact that, like, it's actually kind of fucked up like convincing to lie for like convincing your kids that Santa is real and like whatever and that like it's maybe something that that parents should like really think critically about before you know getting their kids like involved in all that craziness but to be honest I didn't read the essay so like I don't really know the ins and outs of this issue and I don't personally like I'm not yet convinced that there are really detrimental effects to this you know thing that we do as a society to like tell kids that it's like you know, oh, real magic man
1: comes down the chimney. And Lily, I'm curious to hear from you, like if, depending on who you marry, obviously that might make a difference, but you could marry a Jewish young man or you could marry a Christian young man or whatever. And do you think that, like for example if you married a christian young man or atheist but maybe grew up christian like would you like carry like the myth of santa claus with them and like do the tree and everything
0: do you want to do tree and and hanukkah every year anyways i don't
2: care who i marry there will be a tree it can be decorated with menorahs for all i care (laughs) like we can, we can get little menorah ornaments we can do blue lights but there will be a tree which my dad who is a fully jewish man grew up with a Christmas tree just because in New Orleans when he was younger, like everyone had it. Um, and it has nothing to do, like I'm not placing any value of Jesus in this tree, but like if there is, I don't place any
0: value of Jesus in my tree.
2: Like I just feel like I have been robbed of cheer. Like I, it has no religious value. It has nothing to do with anything else other than like my friends get this tree that smells good looks pretty brings happiness and I get nothing.
1: Right.
0: And also in the same way that like you're explaining that there's this smell of Hanukkah. Even even though you know our mother has a sensitive um system that requires as little scent as possible um from the Christmas tree, we we don't have that much scent in the home, I would say, with the Christmas tree. Right. But its presence does like year after year in the month of December does evoke or like really stir up those those holiday emotions you know
1: totally and I, yeah totally in a very powerful way okay so now that we had that little tangent about yeah. santi himself um Okay. So back to Christmas movies. So we talked about the classics. I think we pretty much covered it. And obviously all of our wise babies listening out there probably have their beloved classics. And we would love to hear from all of you, if you have any recommendations of movies that we absolutely must watch, um, regarding the holiday season. Now let's talk about the surge of Netflix films. Lily, I'm going to kick it off with you and just the two words, Vanessa Hutchins. Okay.
2: The movie, I think it's called the night in sh- I, I
1: night, it's called the night before christmas okay. the k and the k and I- before christmas yeah,
2: okay this was one of the worst like the worst
1: films did I you see princess switch number two no that, that one was really bad too okay but- that's also vanessa hudgens and there's three of her <laughs> <laughs> that's and one fabulous. of them has a fake. no two of them have fake british accents that are so bad okay really bad. this
2: movie like i maybe lasted 10 minutes it was horrible did not bring me Christmas cheer, no love. And Netflix was trying to do a thing that they just should not be doing. Like that is not in my mind, the spirit of a Christmas movie. It doesn't I haven't
0: seen that film. So like, I can't speak on that. Please don't watch it. But I won't. (laughs) But I do trust Netflix to give me my holiday movies. Like I trust them to give me my cheese ball content.
2: I trust Netflix as a company, but I don't trust them doing things like putting Vanessa Hudgens in a no. Christmas movie, which she just doesn't belong no, but in.
0: A holiday? Okay, so cute.
2: Great, but that was this was this was different. Like right. I just think that they were trying too hard to force a Vanessa Hudgens Christmas moment, which like well, that's clearly not really they literally had
0: to do three movies with her.
2: And right. like that's not her thing. I'm not saying yeah. Netflix as a whole. I'm saying this choice was a no absolutely
1: no no but and i i think that like netflix is really trying to appeal to absolutely everyone and i think that also like a lot of people will joke watch stuff on netflix like i know that i i watched the uh a christmas prince Uh um i don't i think you girl did you see it i don't think so um anyway it was like it was like the same plot as like the vanessa hudgen's princess christmas movie Uh um who was you know like nobody's Uh like literally nobody's and this girl goes to like um moldovia belgravia belgravia moldovia and like she she's like a reporter and she like meets this christmas prince that's literally the
0: same plot she's
1: she's a reporter she sneaks into the castle by saying that she's a tutor Mm -hmm. and then like the little sister of the christmas prince um is in a wheelchair so she tutors her And it's actually kind of effed up because the little princess, like, isn't in the line of succession to become queen. So, like, it has to be the Christmas prince, even though he doesn't want to be king of Moldonia. Does she want to be? Yeah, like, she she would be, like, so capable, but she's, like, 11. So, um, that also makes it kind of challenging. Anyway, Mm -hmm. we're getting on a tangent. But, like, I I do think that a lot of people a lot of people will seriously watch these movies and seriously enjoy them. There is a a fraction of people who will do that. And then there's a bunch of people who will watch, put these movies on in the background and just like laugh at them. Like princess switched again. Like we just kind of threw it on. And
0: especially also in COVID, like we are thirst monsters for the content. Like pretty much anything that they put on my screen, I'm like, let's at least give it a try. Right. (laughs) And
2: it's working. Like as someone, as I mentioned, like I didn't watch a lot of traditional christmas movies growing up because like my parents were making more of the decisions for me but now that I'm a capable person of like choosing like I want to be watching holiday movies and I'm watching all of these things on Netflix so I will say like they're doing a good job of just like throwing it all at the wall and like having people watch
1: yeah totally um but I do think that that's something interesting that you know maybe Netflix could think about uh trying to analyze that data a little bit more of like how many people are seriously watching this and how many people are kind of watching this because it's funny. Uh-huh. Like, I I would just be curious to know. And I wish that Netflix was more open about their data in general. Like, first of all, I would love to get a Spotify wrapped Netflix version. Yes. Whoa. Like that would be so fun to see like how many hours you spent. I mean, maybe, oh. you, like, maybe you don't <laughs> want that, but like what you watched and like what your favorite show was and stuff like that, or your favorite actor, even like they could figure out like, who did you watch the most? That would just be so cool. That would be cool. But- Netflix, get on that. I think in general we've covered the holiday film.
0: There's I feel like there is still so much to cover, but like I think we've we've done our best. Yeah.
1: And if I had to recommend one holiday movie for adults that is holiday without being like hit you over the the head with holiday, it would be The Holiday. Mm-hmm. with cameron diaz and kate
0: and we didn't really ever get the chance to circle back around to Hulu hulu's movie oh, yeah the happiest season with kristen stewart Aubrey yes. plaza the man from schitt's creek yeah um mary steenburgen yeah. like um allison brie like just star-studded cast yeah um and, and i did enjoy it i would say it's a it is a christmas movie but it's also just like a movie you know with uh, an interesting
1: plot, but, like rom com, and I think that also what I'm thinking now with Hulu and like their distinct identity, I do think that Hulu is like maybe a more political like platform than like Netflix or Amazon Prime tries to be, like because The Happiest Season, of course, features a lesbian couple and like mm-hmm. that whole narrative, and then thinking about like Handmaid's Tale, and like I feel like Hulu is really out there trying to trying to tackle the difficult. They're not issues. scared. They're not scared. Whereas Netflix is very sanitized, apolitical sometimes, you know, like that. They're really just trying to appeal to everyone where I do feel like there gets to be a a little bit more nuance and some more interesting things um, unpacked over on Hulu. Sure.
0: All right. So now for my topic, I'm going to sprinkle in a little holiday cynicism, just something that's been on the mind lately Um, is essentially this thing we've done as a society Mm -hmm. um, that all of our like mega hard shopping, shopping holidays are in the fourth quarter of the year. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, Thanksgiving already kind of a trucked up holiday as it is, then just tack on right next to it, Black Friday, which is quite literally all about consuming Mm -hmm. um and you know it follows right after the consuming of food then it's the consuming of whatever product yeah um and then the fact that Hanukkah is a holiday that is not necessarily tied to gift giving and like isn't um like religiously that significant And yet it's, like, the prominent gift-giving holiday. And even Christmas, I understand that there is, like, somewhat more of a history around, like, old Saint Nick and, like, giving gifts to, like, orphans or something. Um, But, like,
1: let's be real. The most devout, devout Christians mm -hmm. don't celebrate Christmas in the way that we do. Like, they're talking about Jesus's birth. And, like, we're we're talking about, like, presents under a tree. And, like, Santa Claus, who's, like, literally not, in the Bible, which right. you know shocked me as a kid, right?
0: Well, and that also it is <laughs> shocking. i never thought about that. Like I know that Santy is not in the Bible, but like Santy, get in the Bible! Come yeah. on. Um, but like, think about it. There's, I mean, I know that we have our other holidays, like Valentine's Day or whatever, where you're supposed to like get chocolates, and then Easter, there's like getting chocolates. But there's literally like all of our major gift giving holidays are right there at the end, yeah. And it's it's like almost uh, like just baffling to me that it's only now that I'm being hit over the head with it like obviously we've we've designed this to be like okay everyone's got to scrounge up every last cent that they can in this in this calendar year so that we can jack numbers up and
1: whatever make the most money yeah definitely
2: what comes to mind when I think about the fourth quarter as a whole and like the holiday season is just general indulgence Mm -hmm. in every definition of the word like you are indulging in your food you have your thanksgiving you have christmas and holiday treats you have christmas eve dinner hanukkah latkes whatever else you have probably some travel in there family time like it all just feels very indulgent and that pairs well or not well depending on how you look at it with like indulging in spending money and buying gifts and giving gifts and all of that which is very repetitive and just reinforcing your point but that is just the vibe of this time that i get and Mm -hmm. it is interesting that that all goes together like we are indulging in everything else in the world and then we're also spending all this money and doing all this gift giving and receiving
1: And and i think a lot of people have like a bit of an indulge restrict mindset where december is the month to let your diet go, let your, you know, spend budgeting go. go, let all of that go and then january is like dry january, i'm going to lose 10 pounds and i'm going to spend no money at all in january and i think that like, you know, kind of w- like what gigi is saying that like we we save all of our spending for the quarter 4 for the end of the year. Like i kind of think that we should as a society Aim, Christmas every day. aim to like yeah let our indulgence like be more of a spread out like you can indulge and buy people gifts for for no reason or like buy them a nice gift for their birthday or you know indulge in whatever food you want throughout the year and then I think you're also then like less called to like make December this extreme month of indulgence and make January this extreme month of restriction when as Juju's saying, just make it the holidays all the time.
0: Well, I'm I'm not actually saying that. I just said Christmas every day just to reiterate what you were saying. And I can agree with what you're saying on, you know, the indulgence of food type of stuff, but I don't necessarily wanna touch on that too much here because that's not what I'm focused on. I'm really, and I do appreciate you bringing that up, Lily, in general, because I do think it is a time of indulgence period, but I don't want to skew the conversation that way too much because I, my fascination with this is the fact that like, I've lived 22 years on this earth and it's taken me this long to, to be like, oh yeah, like this was a thing that they did on purpose. And that like, even as someone, I mean, it's not like it was completely, you know, unknown to me that it was, that these were manufactured to get us to spend money, but just the way that it was like all chunked up into one part of the year and strategically at the end of the year. But um, it's interesting that like, I still get so much joy and excitement out of, out of the gift giving and the like major indulgence in gift giving and receiving at this time of year. Like I think, it is fun and I even as someone who is aware of the fact that I'm like being manipulated or that I'm being socialized to to like enjoy this I still enjoy it you right. know it still is like something that I like to participate in and I think is fun you totally. know
2: absolutely I agree I love it I think this leads literally perfectly right in to my topic for this episode which is all about the Art of gift giving and receiving. So, I think that I would like to start this conversation by talking about gift giving because that is something that, first of all, I love doing. I think we talked about this in the birthday episode. I love giving other people gifts. I love celebrating other people's birthday. In general, I'm not saying that I um, prefer that to receiving gifts because I also really enjoy that. But to focus on gift giving, I think that it is such a fun thing, but also can be so, so difficult. And I know that this holiday season specifically, I have struggled quite a bit with what to get people, balancing like homemade gifts versus a more material item and all of that. And I think that it is, like, pretty commonly something that people have a hard time with, like, receiving, giving gifts, not receiving, giving gifts in general.
0: Yeah, and I would say, like, I, I get scared about gift giving, because obviously, like, you kind of want to strike the right balance of getting something that they want, but maybe not something that they would buy for themselves, you know, like, I think that that's kind of the, the magic recipe of gift giving, And I will also say, as someone who tries to be, you know, a somewhat more conscious consumer, it becomes difficult when, like, you know, I know that there are so many resources out there for ethical and sustainable gift giving options, but like it is, it is simply more difficult. And especially also when I'm buying for other people, I'm like, oh, like it's okay, you know, like I, I can have a little more leeway with it. But like, I don't think that that's necessarily a good attitude. And it, I feel like it does just bring up like this time of year and the idea of consuming and like buying for, for myself or for other people. It does add extra pressure when I'm like, okay, I could either go the easy route and get something that like, I feel like is a reasonable price that I feel like I know that they'll like, but like I'm selling my soul to the capitalist system Or I have to try a little harder and spend a little more money or whatever. Again, it doesn't always have to exist in that dichotomy. But like, I definitely find myself feeling some sort of internal conflict about this issue.
1: Yeah. And I, this is something that I was thinking about, actually, that I think this year with having COVID and doing a lot more shopping online, as opposed to doing any shopping in person, I'm a definitely a person who, uh, succumbs to the chintzy Chauncey treats um you know at the checkout area like I see the scrunchies I see the lip glosses and like I just want to grab them all and like buy them well
0: and those are good gift giving items like I think that getting like f- you know four or five chintzy chaunceys from the checkout yeah could make a full gift
1: oh totally but I do think that like I'm the type of person that like I will mindlessly buy those things. Sure, and for like, yourself? For or- myself, oh, okay. yeah, like, of course. Like, if I go out shopping for you, like, oh, I need to get a little something for myself too. <laughs> sure. Um, but I'm so much less likely to do that if I'm shopping online. Because when I'm shopping online, I'm like, oh, I want to get Lily a unicorn. Let me go onto unicorns.net and buy Lily, <laughs> buy Lily her unicorn. And like, there's, they're, of, of course, like, they, they pop things up and they show you related items, but it's not exactly the same no. as like, that checkout area for me well
0: and not even just that checkout area but like things being physically in front of you and it's as easy as reaching out and picking it up and like oh five
1: dollars oh that like that's nothing right you know what I mean well I mean I don't
0: like I agree with you Liesl and I feel like we are exaggerating this experience for sure like I I do kind of want to bring it back a little bit but I agree like you you do get so it is such a like psychological thing
1: yeah
2: I also do think it's important to bring up the element of surprise when talking about giving gifts to others, because I think that in addition to I, I striking- thank you,
1: I
0: thank you for bringing this up, yeah, really because it's is such an important element. I think thank you. This
2: really comes into striking that perfect balance you're talking about of like, okay, for example, if I make my Hanukkah list and I send it to my loved ones who are so graciously giving me gifts, it's like, do you- buy exactly what's on the list but like you also want to throw a little something something in there but like then you you're not sure if they're gonna like it like that is always very difficult for me and kind of brings it all back to like I think that's even harder in COVID when like your options are mostly limited to online that is very difficult for me to handle.
0: I also think as you know the sophomore citizens that we are it's an interesting um, situation to try and navigate to figure out who you are gift giving and receiving with, because like it's uncomfortable if I get a gift for someone and they don't get a gift for me, or like I'm I'm not uncomfortable. Like I wouldn't be upset about that, but it is just like a weird thing to try and navigate. And especially as I'm saying, as a young adult, you know, you're kind of phasing out of like getting all these toys and whatever from your parents. But then like, you know, what do you really want? And like, what is it that is reasonable to ask of from your, or not that you ask things from your friends, but like you're, you begin this relationship of getting a little something, something for your friends. And like, I, you know, none of us have any significant others, but like, I think that that's another thing where you start to give to your significant other. And it's like, it's just trying to figure out like, who is on your list of giving and receiving
2: you know G, am really glad that you brought this up so thank, thank you. you very much because this is something that i feel pressure and stress about is just exactly because i'm a sophomore citizen like there i feel like i have some friends where it's like oh yeah this is a thing we do and Then I have other friends where it's like, no, this doesn't feel as much like a thing we do. And it is very uncomfortable
1: that it's not universal. Yeah,
0: we need a Liesl's law about this. We need a Liesl's law about this. And
1: I actually do have, (laughs) I do have a little something something to say about this. So last year, we were so lucky and blessed to have our beautiful cousins and aunts come and celebrate Christmas with us. And I think for Gigi and I, we were like, they're coming. We're getting them gifts for Christmas. Even though we've never celebrated Christmas with them before, it's not like we're going to buy, you know, our cousin, like a lip gloss and like send it to DC, you know, like that would just be kind of weird. And now Israel. And now she's all the way in Israel, but whatever. Um, but when you're here, like, you know, we're going to get you some Christmas gifts. And I think that they really weren't expecting that. Like maybe, maybe they were expecting to get like a gift from our mom or something, but they weren't expecting to get like some Liesl and Gigi gifts, but like, we love gift giving and like, you're our family and you're here and you're like living with us on Christmas. Like, We're not going to like leave you empty handed, you know, on Christmas day. So I do think that my Liesl's law tentatively for the gift giving has to do with time and geography. Okay. If you are geographically close, closer, that is opening up the floodgates for giving a Christmas gift. Additionally time. Right. So for me, like when I was in college, and I was in New York, if I was like in the city closer to Christmas, then I was much more likely to buy my friends Christmas gifts, because that mindset is already happening. But I could see a world where like, for example, Lily came home, you know, for Christmas in November. So she's not really necessarily going to isn't that more geographical? Yes, this is geographical. Oh, I thought we switched over to time. Well, no, it's also it's it's a formula of geography plus okay, time. Okay, okay, okay. It's a graph. Because if Lily Lily was in Wisconsin on December twentieth, maybe she'd be more likely to get her roommates. I don't I don't know what her roommate gift giving scheme w- looks like, but I'm just saying maybe. Sure, sure. Okay, if okay. you're closer to Hanukkah, it's or the Christmas, intersection. It's of, the intersection of of, t- of proximity to the holiday, and geography. Right. Okay. So like and even like if I were to meet up with my friend, you know, on December 22nd for lunch, like maybe there's the implication that like, oh, we're going to like get each other gifts.
0: Whoa. I feel like, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like this equation checks out, Yeah, but I feel like not enough people are on this Liesl's law. No, that's part
1: of Liesl's laws is that people aren't on that vibe.
0: I know, but Liesl, the, the other ones are like stuff that people have heard of and been <laughs> like, okay, yeah, like I think everyone could get well, all board with that. Hey, to be fair, to,
1: to be fair to me and my laws, like this is being like formulated as we speak. And most other Liesl's laws have. have had more time to process and cook in my brain. But I do think that there's an equation of location, time of year, closeness, like slash how- relationship, mm-hmm. you know? dynamic that is an important element the fourth one is would you be comfortable checking in with them and asking them do you want to exchange gifts this year okay if you're close enough to feel comfortable asking that's a person you should get a gift for and just check in with them and be like do you want to do like a gift exchange this year
0: yeah no no I I agree and I I think like it is it it's as simple as just asking like oh do you want to do do you want to exchange gifts this year yeah um and I think you know another element is like maybe even also feeling comfortable to check in and be like, you know, what are we thinking budget-wise? Like general ball- ballpark, even Liesl and I had to do that this yes. year because we didn't, like we've had this issue in the past of there being such a like large disparity. That's that's yeah. the right word, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Large disparity in like the amount of money that we've spent on each other. And I feel like it's just caused weirdness in the past or not like weird. I don't mean to over-exaggerate it, but like, you know, it's so much easier just being like, okay, what are we generally thinking? Like quantity of gifts, the amount of money being spent, like, what are we thinking? And I think that that streamlines the process.
1: Yeah. And like, it doesn't, that, that doesn't eliminate the fun not at all gift giving at all to be like, let's spend 20 bucks on each other or whatever. I also think another element of this Liesl's law is if you are in a big friend group, I do think that something like secret Santa or white elephant should Absolutely. be the route you go yeah. down. And then if you have some people within your group, you're especially close to, and you want to get them something like a little bit more special, you can do that. But like, like pretty much like everyone just gets their, their secret Santa gift and everyone feels like they got a gift. They gave a gift, but like if you're in a big friend group, like that's, that's all you can ask for. Totally.
2: And like lots of the Liesl's laws, the thing I want most is just for it to be universal. Yeah. I'm okay with really anything. Like we're going to ball out and all get each other gifts. Okay. I'm receiving so many gifts that like, it makes sense for me to spend a lot of money on others. We're going to get no one gifts. Fine. I just want some continuity because every year I'm like, okay, I'm going to get gifts for like these four people that like, it feels like I should, because we do this, but like, then is this person, like, I just want, yes, no, let's get some laws in place. Liesl, assume your position as world minister and (laughs) do it. (laughs) But okay, let's quickly talk about gift receiving. Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. Because
2: this is difficult too. Yeah.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Lily, yes. What I will say is like, you know, I, I, I think that it it's it's very difficult to receive a gift. It is like being put on stage, you know, at, at a talent show in my opinion. I don't because have. because there are eyes on you. There's eyes on you and they want to see a reaction. And as we know, as we have very clearly established, Lizel has no control over her face. <laughs> so, for Lizel, the gift the gift unwrapping is difficult because if I don't like a gift, I do fear that it shows. So then sometimes I feel the need to overcompensate and be like, yay, but then that's <laughs> weird too. So, so I do struggle with this. And I think that once again, like you just have to be open and communicative, read the room, read the relationship. I've had to come to the point with my mom, who is one of my primary gift givers, um, bless her heart, you know, for doing that sometimes like. Our, our style or our taste and things I, I does would say I would say she does usually like knock it out of the park. Oh, 1000%. And I'm so grateful for everything that she's ever given me, my, including my life and the air that I breathe. <laughs> but like when she gives me like a neon, you know,
0: hair clip. I was going to say infinity scarf. In,
1: infinity scarf. Like, and I'm like. bear would never. No, she wouldn't. But I was just she coming wouldn't. up with something
0: that like she wouldn't. Okay. She
1: wouldn't. But there are some things where I'm like, first of all, Queen, like how much do you spend on this? Because sometimes she'll spend a hundred dollars on like a, a headband. And when I'm like, <laughs> I don't like need this headband. Like, could you please like put that a hundred dollars back in your bank account? Because like, I the the cost benefit of this gift is not right. You know, so the, the thing is like with my mom and with some other people that I feel very close and comfortable with Gigi or, you know, whoever, I do feel very open to be able to be like, I like this or I don't like this and just have that be out on the table. Anyone else who gives me a gift ever, I'm sorry. I don't know what, what reaction I'm going to give.
0: Listen, I think if I have a tip and I don't think this is necessarily going to work for you because you're kind of (laughs) like beyond the point of repair. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) is like I would say I have a very similar reaction to all gifts so yeah you do so it's like regardless of of how I like if I'm really excited about it or like not that excited about it my reaction in the moment is pretty much always exactly the same yeah and I feel like this makes it so that like, and this isn't something that I've intentionally done. It's just something that I naturally do because even something that I'm super excited about, like I'm not gonna be like, yeah, it's like, right. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like, I love it. And that it it'll pretty much be that for everything. Yeah. Unless I really don't like it, and then I'll be like, oh, like I don't really know if I'll have that much use for this. Like, oh, Liza, do you think you'd want this? You right. Know, like, right, and right, it's, right. I stay pretty relaxed. The I, I I really try and work on my breathing. <laughs> um, so you know, I think that by being more consistent with the reaction you're less likely to really indicate to the gift giver like you know what you're yeah what you're feeling towards but do it. you
1: think I give an extreme reaction sometimes like an extremely positive
0: yeah <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't think you ever give that strong of a no of I, a positive like, reaction but you definitely
1: it shows it shows it, sh- it shows when it, you don't like it and it shows when I genuinely do I think yeah. I do think that there's something to be said about not liking a gift
0: and
2: saying it. I mean, okay.
1: It's only with the right people. Like yes. It's, like, it, I'm it not to be. saying
2: or promoting like our sophomore citizens, our wise babies getting presents to be like, I hate them. <laughs> no. But like similarly to Liesl, my primary gift giver is my wonderful, lovely mother and father. And I am completely in the position with them. I've done it thousands of times yeah. and I will continue to do it. I open a present Thank you so much, Mom. I actually really don't like this. And it is dealt with. And honestly, thinking about it, like if I'm giving someone else a gift and they hate it, like I honestly kind of want to know. Yeah.
1: Because I don't want to, I don't want to be involved in the charade of like, first of all, you pretending that you like it. It feels like a waste of my, you know, money. And like then, then there's the whole thing of like, if I give someone a gift and I never see them wear or utilize it, like you know, and it's a gift that I would see them wear or utilize. Like, I'm like, oh, they they didn't like that. And then that feels worse than them having told me like in the moment, like, oh, like, thank you so much. Like, that's so sweet of you. But like, I wouldn't really use this, you know, like, I would rather have that and like return it and exchange it for something else. Yeah. Like I know that's
2: incredibly uncomfortable. So I'm not saying that applies in all situations. Yeah, But I feel like if you're able to strike a balance where it's like, thank you so much for this, this isn't my style or my thing. Like, can you still return? I don't, you don't say it like that. But Like if there's a way, like if I were the gift giver, I'd be like, I want this person to have something they love. I'm not offended. They don't like it. It's not personal. Well, that's yeah. what I was
0: going to say is like, I think part of the reason that I have a relatively like neutral reaction to gifts in general is like, I'm not a huge gifts person, giver, receiver in general. And so like, I just don't, like I don't equate that much like meaning or like it being personal or it being any kind of reflection of the relationship or of that person so like when I give a gift and they don't like it I'm kind of like that's okay like I don't I'm not upset by this I don't think that that you don't like me or that I don't like you like it's fine, you know? Yeah. And so when I receive a gift and I don't like it, I'm kind of like, okay, like this, like this doesn't this, there is no additional meaning attached to this. Additionally, I think it is very important across the board in every aspect of life, honest feedback.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're not doing anyone any good by not giving honest feedback. You are doing people a disservice by not giving honest feedback. Like I would say. Yeah. And I know like I'm not, I'm not encouraging people to be mean. Um, but I think like this is a, a a different realm of life, but it's still like a good example in my opinion. I used to have such a big issue giving or like sending food back right And it still to this day makes me really uncomfortable. Like it just I, I hate, hate, hate doing it. Yeah, but I think I sort of had a realization about like the the people making the food, should know they want to know they want to know that something was wrong and like from the chef's perspective like okay sure like no no one likes that necessarily but they would rather know to be able to fix it than to not know and and not be able to fix it
1: once again like it to me it matters on the dish like how much of a problem it was and how fixable this was right if i asked for a dish with no tomato, and they gave it to me with tomato, like, that's not really, like, something that the the chef needs to be made aware of. Sure. But as has happened to Gigi, like, if you get some chicken with, like, some grizzly grasslies and, like, bones (laughs) and shit in there, like, let them know, because, like, they need to be, like, doing a better job. Like, someone could literally choke on their grizzly grasslies. Like, that's (laughs)
0: not cool that did happen yes I I, yeah yeah Yeah. and like no no No, I didn't didn't choke but I got some grizzly grasslies and I (laughs) felt really uncomfortable to be like
1: like I'll be like okay thank you you know like oh it was delicious (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile handing back a plate of like weird chicken bones that like were not supposed (laughs) to be in there like it was not like bone full chicken like it was like shredded rotisserie chicken yeah anyway um I'm also a big proponent of the gift receipt leaving the tags right and you know there you black out the price like if you're worried about that you know but there there are plenty of ways to give people an automatic out um and i think that the more that everyone just like does that as a practice when gift giving the better you know like unfortunately you know the gift that we got for lily for hanukkah was customized and personal personalized so like insinuating that I didn't like no it? of course you loved oh. it but because I'm great at gift giving <laughs> but like if Lily hadn't liked that that's not returnable so those are the gifts that I always get most worried about is things that are personalized and we got our dad a book of his birthday that's related to his birthday and I literally checked with Gigi like a hundred times like repeating his birthday over and over because if you get that wrong and you get the wrong birthday on the book, like, you can't return it because those things are not returnable. And then you got them something that, like, doesn't have the right date on it, you know? Right.
2: And I also think that brings it all back to the title of this segment, my topic, which is important to emphasize which is the art of gift giving yeah. and receiving. And I just need to the stress that. of it. Like, it is an art. And I legitimately believe that some people are good at gift giving and some people aren't that good at it. And it's a skill. You can hone it. You can work on it. Or you can just own it and be like, okay, I'm not that great at gift giving. Like, I'm going to not do these crazy personalized things that, right. like, people aren't going to love because they're not returnable. Or, like, I, I think it is something that can be worked on. And if you're not good at it, that is okay.
1: Yeah.
0: And... It's an art. So, yeah. So this leads me into my first recommendation. Oh, wow. Which is related to this topic. As someone who does not find that gift giving comes particularly naturally, my piece of advice, my recommendation is to start early. Mm-hmm. In the same way that the crippling fear and anxiety that comes with the rush to find a Halloween costume the panic that you feel when you're like, I have to get a gift and I'm running out of time and I'm freaking out, you just got to start early. And I think knowing that about myself, I'm like, I have to get my wheels turning on my gift giving farther in advance than maybe the average person, because I know that a large brainstorming process is important for me. Like I know that in order to give a gift that I feel good about, it's not gonna come under pressure most of the time. And so I've made it a point to be like, all right, I need to be thinking about this further in advance than even maybe I think I need to. So my recommendation is if gift giving, if the art of gift giving isn't something that, you know, is second nature to you, I would recommend to begin the process a bit earlier than maybe you think you need to.
1: I also think um, that being in the gift giving mindset more often, or just like training your ear to peek up when someone says that they want something. Yeah. Even if they say they want it in September, October, or even earlier in the year, like it's a great idea to keep a note on your phone and be like, Oh, like Lily said, she really needs new socks or something, uh-huh. you know, like, <laughs> let me like remember that because that's another big thing that I think people love about getting a gift is like, Oh, you listen to me. Like right. not only do you love me enough to like, get me a gift and like think about it for more than two seconds, but like you also listen to what I say, like that, that's really special. And I actually saw a TikTok of this girl who was with her boyfriend and Uh, a year prior she had passed by a pumpkin patch and she said like oh my gosh that looks so cute like I would love to go to that so then a year later he was like I'm gonna take you somewhere and like surprise you he takes her to the pumpkin patch and she literally goes like oh like this looks kind of weird and he's like no but like you said you wanted to go here and she's like yeah like when we were driving by really fast and I couldn't really see it and like literally didn't and she's like yeah but like I go I guess we can go take pictures Oh, and like it was just like so difficult to watch because this guy had like literally stowed it away in his brain for a full year. She wants to go to that pumpkin patch and then took her as a surprise and she just literally eviscerated him for it. Just for that guy. I know. Well, it was know. it like
0: was real time. Like you don't think it was staged? No, it anything? wasn't
1: staged. It wasn't staged. Wow. It was a YouTuber specifically who oh. yeah. She oh, wow. yeah.
0: Okay. Well, the YouTuber was the girl who was like, not that excited.
1: Yeah. Well, like the the girl and the guy like would vlog together. So he like got the camera out and he was like, guys, like we passed by this pumpkin patch a year ago. And like, she like really wanted to go there. And she's like, he's like, so I'm going to surprise her. Like, And then tried to surprise her and she She sucks for that like i get it if she's not that
0: excited but at least be like thank you so much for 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 remembering that that away also like
1: it's
2: a pumpkin patch like yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, especially because like i I even remember this year being like never in my life have i really felt that inclined to go to a pumpkin patch but like i kind of want to go right
2: um and going off of that like i keep a note in my phone with lots of my good friends names on it and it says things that they have said throughout the year that they want specifically, like, I'm not going to tell either of these people that are sitting next to me what it is. But like, for example, I was looking through it the other day to inspire my gift giving guide. And Liesl said something once. I don't think she remembers saying it. It was the most random thing ever. And I wrote it down. And I was like, honestly, she will never remember that she said this. So I don't even know that I should get it because it's so weird and random. Can you tell me
1: what it is? Yeah,
2: in some capacity, you will find out in the future,
1: but I'm not going to tell you (laughs) right now. That's so funny because because I do feel like I am that person that's like, you know what? I I really want like some light up sneakers right now or like something not obviously that's not what I want. But like I I do be saying oftentimes like, oh, I would want that. And then I just like move on with my life and never think about it again. That's funny. So if you keep this,
2: this is one way I think to um, improve your gift giving skills and to hone the art of gift giving is keep a note in your phone, so easy. And then you come back to it and gift giving is such a stress-free and positive experience. Another recommendation I have for this week is that people start the Flight Attendant because I started it last night and I've only watched one episode and maybe it's going to get bad because that is what um, the two people sitting next to me have just informed me. But the one episode I watched was really good and it's a great follow-up after the undoing because it gives me undoing vibes.
1: And I will recommend the best reality dating show that I have seen in a while, Love Island, Australia, Um, go over to Hulu, my new favorite streaming platform, and watch season one. Gigi and I are really enjoying it. And I think in our next episode, we might be expanding on this topic further.
0: Um, Another recommendation that I have that's um, holiday related, Mm -hmm. I absolutely love and adore and cherish the Trader Joe's Peppermint Bark oreos or like jojos or whatever the f where they're like the regular jojos but then they're encrusted in more chocolate and candy cane crumbles yeah we need to get those actually like so good yeah and and genuinely one of the few like holiday foods that i'm like looking forward to year after year So with that, thank you for listening to Sophomore Citizens, the podcast by young people for young people with new episodes every Monday. So we'll see you wise babies then. Also be sure to head over to our Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Check out our platforms there and be sure to leave a five-star review.